Good evening, everyone. Ooh. Uh, it's, um, I can't tell you how good it is to see you. It really is. It's always, it's always good over many years to, to come to family in Southport. But uh, it's especially good to be with you today. And you know me, I don't say that to flatter you. <laughs> you don't need flattering your northerners. <laughs> but uh, as Dave has said, uh, we, have left the, we have left the city of Cardiff um, just to, to go down West Wales on holiday a couple of times. But this is the first time in two years, almost two years exactly, that we've been out to visit the people of God and, and to, to share. And I was saying to Jeff, and I, I, I say this sincerely, there are, there are two places, there are two communities in the world that I thought would, would be the first I'd love to visit after everything. There are two places, and you are one of those places. And we haven't been to the other place yet, because it's in America. But seriously, uh, thank you. Uh, it means a lot for us to, to come among you and to be with you, and especially at a very important time in your life uh, as the people of God. And uh, so we're, we're conscious of that, but it's, it's just great to be with you. Uh, we've been asked to do something quite specific, uh, and being obedient servants, we're gonna to stick to our brief. Uh, well, I will. I can't speak for Diane. You know what she's like. We've been asked to share with you about faith. And we think, what faith? No faith. Um, and we're going to do that tonight, tomorrow. Let me just share where we're going to go tonight. We're going to open up the Word of God. And we're actually going to talk about uh, something that really is vital that we must have if we're going to be men and women of faith. And I, it's an ingredient of faith that uh, I've been exploring in my life for some years, but I, I think in the last two years, it's come to mean more to me than most things. And that is hope. Yeah, it is. Thank you, John. It's hope. So tonight we're going to talk about hope. What it means. Now, that song we sang at the beginning, where did that song come from? No, I do now. It's a great song. Uh, it's a fantastic song. Um, and then tomorrow morning, we're going to, uh, the brothers have kindly allowed us to be sharing with you uh, over a couple of sessions. I guess you'll explain that in the morning. But we'll be looking at stripping a lot of things away stripping a lot of stuff away because there are things that we can put on and say, well, faith is this, faith is this, and we can make it such a technique. So we're just going to look simply at what faith is. Very simple. And then uh, the star attraction will come on. Not me. <laughs> she had a head and then everything yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I had the, the grey 
highlighted. Um, Diane was going to come and she's going to share uh, an incident where a man met Jesus and needed a miracle from Jesus and he responded to what Jesus told him. So is that okay? And then whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do, knowing you, he's free to do. All right? So, Lord, thank you for your word. And as we open up familiar scriptures, I thank you, Lord, you'll speak to us again. And we'll find you to be the God of hope in this room right now. Can you look at three scriptures with me, please? You will know them. But I don't want to skip over them. It's important we let the word of God speak for what it is. And the first one is in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. So if you have a Bible in any form. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when we get familiar scriptures, we think, well, I know what it says. <laughs> but I want to know the reality and the power of what it says. And Jeremiah 29, 11, this is what God says to us. He says, for I know, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I know the plans I have for you. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I have plans to give you hope and to give you a future. Do you know if God never said anything else to you? I know. God doesn't say there are plans. He says, I know the plans I have for you. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I have plans to give you hope and a future. Would you go to Romans chapter 4 now, please? Wasn't that a powerful verse? Imagine having God say that to you. Well, he just did. Seriously. He just did. Romans 4 verse 18, notice here Abraham, our father in the faith, we know his story, against all hope, and all hope had gone, Abraham in hope had faith, trusted, believed. And so he became the father of many nations, just as God had said to him, so shall your offspring be. Against all hope, all hope gone, and yet he had hope. We'll come back to that in a moment. And finally, Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, please. Romans 15 and verse 13. 
Now may the God of hope. Could, would you just say that? The God of hope. Just say that again. The God of hope. Isn't that amazing? Our God is the God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, as you believe in him, as you have faith in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That you may overflow with hope. I really believe that by the time we leave this room tonight, we will overflow with hope. We won't be clinging on to hope, but that we will overflow with hope. I can't do that for you, but he will. Why is hope important? Well, hope is all to do with the future. And there are two kinds of hope, uh, and we see these at work with Abraham a little bit. First of all, there's the world's hope, natural hope in which we wish for the best, but it's always tinged with a degree of doubt, uncertainty, or fear, isn't it? I hope we get a sunny day when we go to Ainsdale Beach and have a swim in the sea. I went to Ainsdale Beach. I never saw the sea. <laughs> so we say things like this, well, I, I hope my team wins. No, let's not get personal. Wales didn't lose last night. They just came second. <laughs> oh, they get partisan so quick. I come in peace. <laughs> but I hope my team wins. But they might not. I hope I get the job. But I might not. And that's because natural hope... Uh, and it comes across so many areas of life, often depends on others to make it a reality. You're depending on somebody or something else to make it a reality. Whether the team plays well or the other team plays better or whether the person who is interviewing you for your job doesn't think you're suitable or doesn't like you. And so natural hope the hope of the world is subject to influences and circumstances beyond our control. So we actually say, well, we're hoping for the best. Or we, you know, we, have, we cross our fingers. Or we touch wood. Well, we don't because you're Christians. <laughs> but we do stuff like that. Well, we're hoping for the best. But it's understandable because it might not work out like that because of somebody or something else. But that's not the hope we're talking about here with God. The kind of hope the Bible talks about, the God of hope, is different from worldly hope. I'll give you a little definition. Bible hope is the certain, confident expectation of good. I'll say it again. It's a certain, confident, unwavering expectation of good. 
Okay? It's not, I hope in God, but, I hope in God. And it's unwavering. Why is that? Because Bible hope is hope in God. See, today, tonight and tomorrow, it's all going to come back. Who is your God? And what has he said? Who is your God? And what has he said? See, the focus of our hope isn't in a circumstance or in other people. It's focused in God. My hope is not focused in David. <laughs> Although David is a man of word and great integrity. Yeah. My hope has to be in God. And because hope is linked to faith. Now we're going to, we're going to put faith to one side a little bit. But if you look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 just for a moment... We're not going to work ourselves through this scripture, but you know this scripture. Because oftentimes we make this verse all about faith, and it is a definition of faith. But there's an ingredient here that if we don't have hope, our faith is not going to work. So for the last two years, I have been building my hope. And I have found, surprise, surprise, that the stronger my hope is, the stronger my faith is. Because it says this, Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the reality or the substance or the title deed of what is hoped for. So it's not, it's not just faith, 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 faith. You've got to get faith. You've got to get faith. You've got to get faith. Faith has got to have some substance to it. And the substance of it is what am I hoping for? Do you see that? So tonight that's why we're talking about hope. And I guarantee that tomorrow as we talk about faith and we hear what God has got to say about faith, our faith will be stronger. Even though it's strong right now, your faith will be stronger because your hope will be stronger. You see, hope is not poor man's faith. It's not saying, well, you get by on hope until you get to faith. Not at all. Hope is, uh, if you like, it's a coat hook on which I hang my faith. Can I take my, I was going to ask permission. It's my coat. <laughs> New coat. Thank you very much. See, that's my hope. All right? My faith has to have something to hang on. I hang my faith on my hope. Now, the stronger my hope... Could I borrow your coat? <laughs> your coat. I, I don't think I could hang you on my finger. <laughs> we could try, but we've been in A&E. &E. <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> could I borrow your coat? Yeah. See, the stronger... You got in here. God. I 
I don't need any more coats. The stronger my hope, the stronger my faith. Do you see it? I can handle those three coats. And that last one, I, you got some gold ingots in here. <laughs> that's, that's your hope. But if I've got no hope, my faith has got nothing to hang on. Do you get it? That's yours. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll just throw mine on there. So I want to encourage you tonight to strengthen your hope. If I can say this right, don't worry about faith. Okay? Don't worry about faith. Just be concerned with hope tonight. Let faith take care of itself. Because wherever you strengthen hope, faith is going to be stronger. Now why do we want to emphasize faith and hope? Hope rather. Your hope in God is to do with your future. Both the imminent future and the distant future. For tomorrow, next year, and for the next 10 minutes. You're living by hope all the time. Hoping God tells me that I have a future. Do you realize that? Do I have a future, Lord? He says, of course you have. Why? Because he says, I know the plans I have for you to give you a future. It's amazing. But a future, he says, that's good. Because hope's focus, hope's source, is God. God is the God of hope. Now, how am I able then to have hope in God. Now, I'm taking my time because I, I want us to get this. How are we able to have hope in God? We're able to have hope in God because God is the God of our future. Not only the God of your past and your present. I don't know about you, but in my life, often, I've celebrated and enjoyed and appreciated all that God has done for me. And that's good. But God says, I haven't finished with you yet. Well, Lord, I'm glad for what you're doing in my life right now. He says, that's good. But I haven't finished with you yet. And he says, Roger, I'm the God of your future. I don't know about you, but for certain times over the last two years, knowing, thank goodness, there's a future for us outside of this. Have you found that practically? You just thought, I'd be glad when this is over. Nothing wrong with that. But God says, listen, your future is good. Why? Because he says, I know, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you a future. You see, God is a good God. 
All right? He is good. And we hope in God with a certain confident expectation, and this is the big thing, that our future will be better than our past. And our present. That everything will work out for good. Because God says, Harry, I know the plans I have for you. Do I honestly think God is going to lead me into decline? That my best days are behind me? And he says, I'm sorry, Deb, the glory days are over. The next 40 years is it's going to be pretty miserable. Go away. He says, no. He says, I know the plans I have for you, Julia, to give you a future, hope. Because that's what he's like. So we hope in God with this certain confident expectation that our future will be better than our present. That's our certain confident expectation. You see, we live, in, we live by hope in God all the time. Just like we live in faith all the time. Hope isn't just for special occasions or crises. We hope 24-7. We live in hope all the time. So to hope in God is to trust him at all times, in good times. Anybody had good times in the last two years? In bad times. Anybody had bad times in the last two years? Ordinary times. <laughs> All those times, you hope in God to trust him for your future. Could you turn to Daniel chapter 3, please? Are we okay so far? I just want to tell you the truth. Bring you out on a Saturday night just to tell you the truth. I just want to show you who your God is. But you know this. You see, even if the future brings hardship and difficulties, our hope in God remains the same. It's not affected by our circumstances. It really isn't. Because we have hardships. We have difficulties. We have mountains to climb and mountains to face. We have things we don't understand. Daniel chapter 3. You know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? I can never remember their Hebrew names. <laughs> but we know their story, how they refused to bow down when they were threatened by th being thrown into a fire. And they said this in chapter 3 of Daniel verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But notice what they say now. But even if he doesn't, that's not a lack of faith. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, O king, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. These guys didn't know what was going to happen on the other side. They didn't know. We know the end of the story. They didn't know that. 
All they knew was this. Whatever happens to us, on the other side of this is the God of hope. And the amazing thing about the story is they were thrown in the fire. They were actually thrown into the fire. They went into the fire not knowing that they would come out. And in fact, when you read the story, it's not funny at all. It's quite funny, very moving. But in the story, it's only when Nebuchadnezzar sees Jesus in the fire with them, he says, uh, you can come out now. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd be still there. Why? Because whatever they were walking through, they knew they had a future on the other side. Even if the future meant the fire had consumed them. They said, our God is the God of hope. And whatever we're going through, on the other side of this, we have a future. That's amazing. We really have a future. And the future that we have will be better than what we're in right now. Because their God was the God of hope. God says, Shadrach, Meshach, I know the plans I have for you. And even though you may walk through the fire, on the other side, I'll be there. I'm the God of hope. I will not abandon you. Keep hoping. Keep trusting. So we hope in God not only for the ultimate or distant future, but for the immediate future. And if the moment comes when we go to meet with him face to face, leaving this life, we die in a certain hope of meeting Jesus and of the resurrection to come for all. That is not something to shy away from. That's your hope. You will meet him. Diane's father just passed away in November after an illness. And uh, in the last days before he lost consciousness, he said this, uh, I'm choosing heaven. I'm choosing heaven, didn't he? And I had to pray at the funeral service, and Diana shared that with me, and I was lying in bed thinking, Lord, what am I going to pray? And then this phrase, he, Duncan kept saying, I'm choosing heaven. And I thought, why? What is that, Lord? And the Lord said, do you know why he chose heaven? Because I offered it to him. He died in hope, and he was not disappointed. So, hope in God involves a confident, positive expectation, doesn't it? The Holy Spirit's just putting building blocks into you right now. It involves an unshakable conviction of a good outcome. It brings a peace to you. Everything's going to be all right. It brings trust. God is God of my future. I can trust him for my future. And probably the biggest thing I've found the last couple of years, it's patiently waiting for it to happen. You ever think that, Lord, I want it and I want it now? I know. Yeah. Give me patience, but give it me now. It's that patiently waiting. And that's the ingredient, Andy, isn't it? Thinking... Lord, you spoke to me, you told me, and I can't see much happening right now, but I know you told me, and I'm hoping in you. It's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. 
and you hold on to it. So hope in God is linked to our faith. And we'll find tomorrow. Because faith takes that future hope, right? And faith says, I'm bringing that into my now. Could you, should, should we do some exercise? <laughs> just put your hands up. I'm not making fun of you. Just, listen. There's, your, there's your hope for your future. And faith says, bring it now. It brings it into now. One more. Then you can say, I've done my, I've done my exercise, done my 5,000 steps, and I've done my exercise for the day. Faith says, I bring it in now. And that's what Abraham did. For many years, faith, he pulled his future hope into his present. He says, I have it now. See, Abraham called on his future hope to live in faith every day. Because God had said to him, you will have a son. But he didn't tell him when. <laughs> and he didn't tell him how. <laughs> but he just said, you will have a boy. And that's all he had. <laughs> he said, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But he lived every day in the reality of it. He said, it'll happen today. It'll happen today. And if it didn't happen today, it'll happen today. That's how he lived. Now, that's why it's interesting because it says in Romans 4, it says, against all hope, in hope he believed and became stronger every day. And that's great. But have you ever read his story? Have you read Abraham's story in Genesis? When I read Abraham's story, I think he gets strengthened every day. He lies. <laughs> he abandons his son Ishmael. He puts his wife in precarious positions. He abdicates responsibility. Makes us feel better, doesn't it, Jeff? <laughs> he does all those things over a period of years, and yet the New Testament says he was strengthened in his faith, David. Because God says, whatever he was going through, every time he blew it, every time he failed, every time he had a hiccup, he came back to this one thing. God told me I will have a son. And that's how God saw it. That's how God sees your situation. God says, just trust me. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But Lord, I've blown it. God says, it's going to happen. You, you might be sitting there thinking, oh, Lord, I had that hope. But you know what? <sighs> yeah, I've had all these hiccups and these, it's not, <laughs> you know, Lord, he says, I know, but... I know the plans I have for you. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Because that's who he is. It doesn't depend on you. It depends on him. Is that all right? Okay. So you're hoping God looks to the future with an unshakable confidence. Because I can assure you, God is the same in your future. God will be the same in your future as he was in your past, and he is in your present. He ain't going anywhere, folks. He hasn't finished with you yet. Every one of us is an unfinished story. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. I know. I love that. I know. 
He has plans for you you know nothing about yet. That's exciting. Isn't it? Don't you? You like that? I know. You think, well, I got plans? God says, I know, I got plans. They've never entered your thinking yet. Isn't that wonderful? And he says, uh, they'll happen. But Lord, he says, I know. I know the plans I have for you. I know, I know the plans I have for you. He's thinking, tell me, tell me, tell me. He says, only good time. But just to know tonight, you've got a future. I know. Do you know God has hope in you? God has hope for you. It's not like, well, I've got my hope in God. God has hope for you, Julia. God has hope in you. So, and this is where, for me these days, if God has hope in me, it means I have a future. I anticipate what's to come with peace and joy and faith, not dread and fear. Don't fear your future. Don't dread your future. God has your future in the palm of his hands. We overflow with hope. That's amazing. Not just getting by, he says, Roger, you overflow with hope. Hope comes out of you all the time. Conversation. You speak about future. You speak about, you speak about your future. Not unrealistically, you speak to others about their future. Hope doesn't, it doesn't ignore reality. But tonight, if nothing else, you can say this. Everything will be all right. That's a, that's a statement of hope. Would you like to say that? If you're able to say that, if you, just say, everything will be all right. Just say it again. If you want to. Everything. Because I know the plans I have for you. So hope in God, my hope in God, defines and determines how I live. Psalm 25 verse 3 says this. And I find this a very powerful scripture for us as God's people. Psalm 25 verse 3 says, No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame. Isn't that powerful? Never be disgraced. God's not in the business of making big promises and hanging you out to dry. He's not like that. He says, uh, you have hope in me, you won't be put to shame. You won't be put to shame. Just have a confidence in me. You won't be put to shame. Isn't that wonderful? It's not like, oh, I'm ashamed. God says, I'm not in the shaming business. 
I'm in the hope business. Can I just give you a couple of things and then, then we're just going to turn our hearts to the Lord. Is that okay? Thanks for listening. I trust that this is just the first part of where we're going tomorrow. And tomorrow we will get practical. But I just feel it's important, even tonight as you're lying in bed, just to set this in for us. And you have to work it out in your own life. Of course you do. I'm not here to dole out medicines and dole out quick answers to quick questions. But this is the truth of who your God is. Claire, he's the God of your future. So good to see you. In fact, we sang this in that first song. In knowing this, this is the practical thing. Accept the fact that God is for you. Could, could you say this with me? God is for me. We sang it. Could you say it again? Not just because I'm saying, but think it'll do you good. God is for me. One more time. God is for me. Psalm 56, verse 8. In the Amplified Version, so I'll be finished reading the verse by tomorrow morning. <laughs> For those of you who know the Amplified Version, but Psalm 56, verse 8 says, You number and record my wanderings. You put my tears in your bottle. God understands when you have tears and when you cry. God is not shamed by that. You know, we were talking, we were talking earlier. You cry, you cry, that's okay. God is not afraid of those things. God, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? I love it. God's not frightened or ashamed by that. You know, he doesn't say, toughen up. He says, that's okay. I'll put them in, I'll put them in my bottle. I love it. He doesn't say, oh, well, just wipe your, wipe your nose and get on with life. He says, they're precious to me. I'll put them in the bottle. Do you know how much, how special you are to him? Then he says, my enemies will turn back in the day that I cry out to you. For this I know this. God is for me. God's not against you, friends. Neither, and I think this is probably the biggest thing for other Christians. See, I know God's not against me. Sometimes I meet Christians and I think, and I used to be like this, God is neutral. God is not neutral towards you. God isn't disinterested in you. God is for you. You're not incidental. What you're going through in your life, good, bad, indifferent, is not incidental to God. It matters to him very much. And he says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope. And the future. You matter to me. Isn't that wonderful? We're not here making up numbers. God is on your side. And then the last thing is this. Would you just turn to Habakkuk chapter 3, please? Dave, could we, in a moment, sing that first song again? You're okay for a moment, just to let you prepare. I love the fact that the Bible's very real and honest and takes 
into our account our lives. You know the story about Habakkuk? I like him because he's the prophet who argued with God. Because God says, I'm going to do something. And Habakkuk says, you can't do that. <laughs> he says, I'm going to judge Judah and send in the, uh, the Babylonians. And God he says, you can't do that. They're bad people. God says, don't tell me what I can do. We can't do. And Habakkuk argues with him. I love it. And then eventually Habakkuk comes to his senses, which is always a good thing to do with God. And Habakkuk said this in chapter 3, verse 17. And I love this. And he says, listen, though the fig tree doesn't bud, there are no grapes on the vines, and though the olive crop fails, and though the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls. Basically, nothing has worked out the way I expected. It hasn't worked out the way I expected. He said, but because I serve a God who, who knows his plans for me and because he has hope for me, he says, I'll still rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in God, my Savior. He's not doing that through gritted teeth. He says, it, has, it hasn't worked the way I thought it was going to work. I thought, there's a song we sometimes sing, uh, walking around these, would you ever sing that? Da, 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 da. I thought by now they'd fall. Is that the line? But you, thank you, Lynn. But you have never failed me yet. You ever been like that? I thought by now, I thought by now, I thought by now the wall would have fallen. But I love that song because it says, but you haven't failed me. Yeah, you never will. Why? Because you have plans for me. And that's what Habakkuk says. I don't know, I don't want to put myself in your shoes. They wouldn't fit anywhere. I wouldn't look good in those boots. Sometimes we often want to understand why, why something happens to us. What was the reason? I need to understand that. The whys and the wherefores. Now, I know why some things have happened to me in my life. Some of the things I've done because I'm stupid, or was stupid at the time. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. I know why some things happened. Because I obeyed God and he blessed me. That's another story. But there are things in my life. I don't know why I had a heart attack when I was 52 years old. I don't know why. People say, well, God must want to teach you a lesson. Well, he hadn't told me yet. <laughs> and that's 16 years ago. I, haven't, I don't know if this happened. But there must be a reason. I don't, there was no, doctors couldn't find any reason at all. But I've stopped asking. Because all God said to me when I was in the back of an ambulance was this. I'll give you a full long life. I thought, game over. I was 52. I'm, how old am I this year? Quite old. Oh, she's so gracious. I'm going to be 70 in October. I know. But the Lord told me that 18 years ago then, is it? Yeah. But I had to pull on that again last year when I was ill. The Lord said, what did I tell you in 2005? For life, my hope. He told you have a full long life. I don't know why it happened, but in it God spoke to me. 
Just two scriptures, and then we're just going to sing that song again. John 14 and John 16. I want to leave you with the words of Jesus, if I may. Thank you ever so much for coming out, and thank you ever so much for listening. And we'll see you in the morning. And I know maybe to go away tonight, and when you're having a cocoa or whatever, just meditate and contemplate on what we've been talking about. But we're going to sing this song again in a moment. Jesus said in John 14, verse 1, he said, Roger, don't allow your heart to be troubled. Sometimes you say, don't let it. Don't, don't allow it. Yeah, tell it to submit. Roger, don't allow your heart to be troubled. That's good, Andy, isn't it? He says, you tell your heart, don't allow your heart to be troubled, Harry. Don't allow it. Right? He says, uh, have faith in God and have faith in me. That's where we're going to pick up in the morning. And he said this in John 16, verse 33. You don't often hear people talk about this one. The promises of Jesus. And he says, I told you these things. So that in me, you'll have peace, Pam, in me. Your hope is in me. Your peace is in me. He says, now in this world, John, you will have times of trouble. You will have difficulty, and you will have suffering. You think, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> As if life wasn't tough enough already. You're telling me. And you're my Savior and my Lord, and you're the one who's supposed to keep me safe from harm. And he says, yes, dear, but you're going to have trouble. You're going to have difficulties. You're going to have suffering. And you're thinking, thank you, Jesus, for nothing. <laughs> I used to be like that. He said, no, I'm just, telling you the, I'm just telling you the truth. But because I am your God of hope, he says, um, but be happy. Be courageous, be strong. Why? Because I've overcome the world. It's already done, and I'm your God of your future. Yeah. Amen. So what we're going to do now, if we may, we've allowed God. Sorry, Pat, do you want to say something? What do you want to say? Do you want to come up? Do you want to... No, 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 I don't. I can, I'll stay close to you. Oh, it's just... She just wants a kutch. I can't shake her off. It's terrible. It's embarrassing. No, just as I'm listening to you there, mm. um, I love that song we sang at the beginning. Um, and I really believe it's important that when we go to sing the song, you don't just get up and sing the song because that's what you always do. I really believe that God wants to touch you afresh tonight in hope. And as you just take a minute to think, Lord, where do you want me to be fresh in hope? And when you're ready and you know that and it's time to sing the song, you get up and I believe he'll touch you afresh in your spirit and he'll touch you in your mind and he'll give you fresh hope because I think why you're here tonight and why I'm here tonight is that we would have fresh hope. Fresh hope for today, fresh hope for tomorrow, fresh hope for the future. Yeah, 
And it's so easy just to stand up and sing a song. Yeah. But God wants you to respond because you've touched, he's touched you and touched you afresh. Thank Is you. Okay? Yes, yes. So just remain seated, if you please. That's, did you hear what Diane said then? We're going to sing this song again. And I, I know it's been, I know it's, it's quiet, but I, I do sense the Lord is here. And sometimes he's doing something just in our, yeah, I'm thinking that through. And you're, I know you're thinking about your life. You're thinking about your situation. You're thinking about things and thinking, but I am your hope. And maybe just a phrase that was said that stuck with you or a verse that we read that stuck with you or just for me might have been a throwaway line, but it was something for you. But Dave, would you just start, um, I'd never heard the song before, could you just, don't sing it yet, could you just start to play, because obviously you, you know this song, don't you? It's a lovely song, but it's, I think it says everything we want to say. But this time when, when you sing it, there will be another dimension to it. It'll mean more to you and the Holy Spirit he will do something in you and for you, unique to you. 